Just a heads up, everyone. Though we look at things through an optimistic lens on this show, some of the topics may be triggering and some of the language may be adult. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Aggressive Optimism Podcast. I'm Jenna Edwards, and I've overcome some pretty serious adversity in my life. And I just recently realized it was all because of this mindset I call aggressive optimism. I knew I wasn't the only one living with this way of thinking, and as I always say, there's a million ways to do anything. So I wanted to do this podcast so I could have conversations with others and learn how they overcome adversity and achieve their big goals and dreams and create the life they want to live. So without further ado, let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Aggressive Optimism Podcast. I'm your host, Jenna Edwards, and today we're going to be talking with one of the most badass people I've ever met, Coach Jenny. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to be here. It's Jenny and Jenna. I love it. I know. It's it's Jen Squared, as another friend of mine calls us. (laughs) Uh, So you guys, Coach Jenny works with ambitious people whose brilliant plans have been thwarted by their inner critic, that voice in your head that is in some way makes you feel like you can't make your dreams come true. We are not fans of that voice over here at the Aggressive Optimism Podcast. Uh, And Coach Jenny calls that voice Hilda, which I freaking love, you guys. (laughs) And she's written a book appropriately titled Hilda. Um, I read the book. I freaking love the book so much. And I can't wait to talk to Jenny about it. And she also had a big realization recently about her next book that we're going to talk to her about as well. So, uh, Coach Jenny, would you briefly tell us about Hilda? Sure. So thank you so much for having me. Um, Here's Hilda. Hilda is the name that I gave to the inner critic because inner gremlin and inner saboteur and all these fancy titles or cutesy titles just didn't work for me. I wanted to humanize her. So I call her Hilda. Mm. And in a nutshell, she is a collection of all of the messages that you've been collecting forever. I like to think of her as like this demented documentarian who's lived (laughs) in her brain since birth. And she's been collecting. Stop taking notes, Hilda. Stop taking notes. Exactly. She's like filing away all this footage for any time that you're about to do something that matters so that she can freak you out. Because her job, her sole job is to keep you stuck and safe in your cozy little comfort zone. And if you would just listen to her, you're never going to fail again. I mean, you're never going to succeed again. She's cool with that. Um, (laughs) But you would stay comfy in in your comfort zone. And the way she goes about this is to make you feel like crap by filling your head with self-doubt or second-guessing or getting you to procrastinate and things like that, ways to sabotage you. Oh, I hear that. And I, um, the who do you think you are, Hilda, mm. is absolutely my biggest. Yeah, she falls into, I have four different categories of Hilda, and because I, did, I thought she was a one-trick pony. Co- turns out she's kind of complicated. She's, she is complicated. <laughs> and you guys, you have to get the book because the illustrations of the four different Hildas make you giggle, and then you kind of want to like smack her across the face. I, I love that you think that. She allegedly looks like the girl I hated in high school. Allegedly. <laughs> There's no uh, proof. No <laughs> proof. You can't find it. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, that Hilda that you were just talking about, uh, who do you think you are? That falls under the category I call of I can't Hilda. The mm. one that's trying to convince you that you don't have the goods. There's something so special about you, Jenna, that you just don't have what it takes to be this great. And of course, it's total crap. Right. 
I also had this realization while I was reading the book, like I can't Hilda is kind of one that we've all heard about, right? Like it probably is the most prevalent. I can't, I can't, I can't. I realized I am, I won't Hilda often. And that was like shocking to me. As in, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to do that. Yeah. Very stubborn. (laughs) I don't want to Hilda. I didn't see her coming. So that Hilda is the one, it's the version of Hilda where she kind of shows up almost as a enabler, right? Like, Jenna, you look really hard today. I mean, you showered. So I don't think you should have to (laughs) anymore. And there's actually got out of bed. (laughs) Exactly. You you get a reward. And so um, that can quickly turn into it. So when you have, I can't thoughts, like who you think you are, you don't know. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to stuff of like, oh my gosh, it's a pretty day. Let's go play. And you put those together then you just don't, right? You just won't. I, it, um, yeah, I, that's me in a nutshell sometimes. And yeah. I was surprised because I think of myself as ambitious and I was like, I beat the I can't Hilda. And then all of a sudden I'm reading the I won't Hilda and I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and this is the thing, you know, I didn't write this book for lazy people. I don't work with lazy people. You said so in my little bio. I work with ambitious people, people who are doing things. And people who are lazy and not doing much, they don't really have a Hilda issue. (laughs) Because they're just friends. Claim that they're just sitting on the couch, right? But for the rest of us that are trying to make the most out of this one spin on the big blue marble here, uh, Hilda has got a lot of work to do. And and the fact that that was your experience means that you're onto something right? Mm. If, if you're pushing, I can't heal and say, no, I can, I've got this. I will figure this out. And then she's like, crap, I got to come up with new material. Let me try this <laughs> on her. If she's doing that, it's because you're pushing the envelope. And that's Ooh. really what my work is about is making people recognize the presence of Hilda isn't a weakness. It's a strength. Oh, well, that's interesting. Tell me more about how strong I am. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's the thing. If you're hearing from Hilda on the regular, uh, what I teach my coaching clients is to learn to celebrate it. And, and I know it's ridiculous. I need to back up a second. I recognize it's ridiculous that I'm talking about a allegedly blonde cartoon character who lives in the back of your brain and tells you you suck. <laughs> I get that that's a ridiculous thing. Okay. I, I don't actually believe there's cartoons that live in your brain, but... What? Start to (laughs) use this, this way of thinking as a way to attribute all those negative thoughts to something that isn't you, to some other person named Hilda, some other entity. Then suddenly you can have the objectivity to deal with what they're saying. Right? I totally found that. Like I said, I don't know if I said it on the air yet or not, but I, on a regular basis now, if I find myself getting stuck, I'm like, not today, Hilda. Yes. Not today. (laughs) And and I keep going. (laughs) That's it. Because now you're having a dialogue instead of it feeling like your own thoughts. And you recognize, wait, those aren't actually my thoughts. They're just thoughts that I've bought into because I've heard it again and again and again. That's that's all a belief is, is a thought on repeat, right? Right. And it is interesting too. And I have found that when I do step away and am more rational, I don't go on that like shame spiral of like, well, you know, you can do it. Why are you beating yourself up? And then you beat yourself up for beating yourself up for beating yourself up. And then you're eating ice cream. 
I don't know if I'm the only one that that happens to, but that's a regular. No, I I, I think the ice cream makers make money when we do that. Uh, (laughs) It's one of those very strange things. I like to say that one of the most unproductive things you can do in the history of ever is to beat yourself up for something you didn't do. Right. Right. It is so unproductive, but it happens all the time. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a normal problem. But my point is, when Hilda's being loud, it means that you're onto something, that you're pushing the envelope, that you're shaking the world by its shoulders somehow. And so eventually you go from a place of, oh my gosh, I suck, to wait, Hilda says I suck and I disagree, to, haha, I pissed off Hilda again. I must be doing something right. And, and that's where we want to get to, to a place that's like, oh, Hilda, you stopped by for a visit. I so appreciate it. That's a great reminder that I'm doing something that matters. I love that. Um, have you, you and I have talked briefly about this on Facebook, but have you ever read, oh, you are, you're reading Big Magic again. I am. I mean, it's the fourth or fifth time, I think, now. That's yeah, like, that's what I'm obsessed with that book completely. And I feel like this, what you're saying about Hilda, is almost a more aggressive way to talk to fear. Like Elizabeth Gilbert describes in the book, going on a car ride with fear. Yes. It, this is like, a, I think, a funnier way to... Yeah, I think that way she does it is very cute. So much so that I actually quoted it in my book. I think it's really cute how she talks about it. Uh She's talking about fear and I think it's inspiration and her are going on a car ride. (laughs) It's so cute. And she like puts fear in the back seat and said, I'm totally uh, just messing this up. I'm not quoting it properly. But, you know, she's basically like, fear, you don't even get to touch the radio. Right. To give us directions, right? (laughs) You can come with us, but you have to sit there quietly. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, But what I love about what she says, and, and this I completely agree with, is that that fear that Hilda is doing her job, right? That's her job. She's trying to keep you safe. And just like, most people, they had that moment when their mom like smacked their hands before they were about to hurt themselves. Right. Like you're kind touching of, a hot stove. Touching a hot stove. Right. But the smacking of the hand hurt too. You know what I mean? Like right. it's kind of a weird thing, but you understand it. That's kind of what Hilda is inside of us, I think. And um, most of the time, she's just trying to keep me safe. She just has a really crummy way of going about it. I know. And, and uh, we get better at, at recognizing it and it changes everything. Well, I think the thing that I love the most about your approach to it versus Elizabeth Gilbert's, who I love too, and it's so adorable, and I visualize that all the time, is yours is a bit sassier. <laughs> you get to be like, mm-mm, <laughs> you know, like... Yes. And I love you know, the way you write about her is what I'm saying. Like, it's such a sassy, you. fun read that then also completely changes your life if you apply it. I so appreciate that. You know, she, the inner critic is typically uh, talked about in a very serious way. Right. It's very, (laughs) uh, you know, it's very psychological and, and deep or it's, and I say this with love written by some dude who says, just don't listen to that voice. Right. And you're like, uh, thanks buddy. Yeah. That's, (laughs) That's really helpful. So I wanted to really give it my own spin. And I've been using this in my coaching practice for when I published a book, it had been a decade. Wow. Um, So now I'm on year 14 of doing this work and realizing, you know, for most of us, especially women, we need a way to address this 
thought that we're having from Hilda. Not just pretend it's not there and say, la, 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 and cover up our ears. Thank you. actually do something with this in order to address it so that we can take the next bold action. I agree 100%. That's what I think uh, like is, aggressive optimism is a big piece mm-hmm. is addressing you can't ignore things and then move forward it just doesn't work right because then even if you do even if you accomplish all of these things you climb the mountain and you get to the top and you're like why am i here mm-hmm. so i feel like part of the journey is processing so that when you do get to the goal or the dream you can actually enjoy it And you can enjoy the journey at the same time. You know what I mean? Exactly. And, you know, my sassiness isn't to be rude. It's to make light of it. Because if we can laugh at ourselves, which I hope everybody listening is hearing us do that right now. Like, (laughs) again, it's intentionally ridiculous. Because now you're laughing at the ridiculous thoughts that say, who do you think you are? Exactly. You have something, you have a comeback, you have a strategy to answer that question. I'm a total badass. Thanks for asking. That's right. Whether Hilda thinks so today or not. Yeah. Uh, Hilda's like a friend of me. Oh yeah. Good. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah. She can be, yeah, she could be your bestie yeah. and she could be a terror. Yeah. And she doesn't go away. No. So you might as well just deal with it. Um, so That brings me to my next thing that I wanted to talk to you about, which is you've recently had a run-in with Hilda. Oh, recently. I love that you act like this only happens once in a while. Oh, but a big one. I I did have a a big one. This is the revealing portion of the podcast interview. I'm on to you. Okay. Ah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I'm I'm having so much fun talking to you. This is awesome. What are, if you're willing to reveal? Oh, I'm happy to. I'll just start talking. So here's what happened, you guys. I was, I wrote this book. It came out a little over three years ago at, as of the time of this recording. And uh, I, when I wrote it, I wanted, I had one intention, right? And that was to kind of introduce the world to this concept that I had been using in my coaching practice and really kind of codify it. So it was really clear. So you have my four BS beliefs, like I can't, I shouldn't and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things I talk about in the book, I talk about in my work, is to not be a perfectionist. That's an important detail for the story. Yes. And um, so three Wait, years out. Wait, do you struggle with perfectionism? Oh, it's clearly not. not I am shocked. <laughs> <laughs> well, and perfectionism is one of Hilda's favorite tools. It shows up in all four of the BS beliefs of Hilda. You know, with I should really quickly talk about the four just so people have an idea because seriously, you guys, if you get, I'm going to post the link to the book um, on the show page, but it is one of my favorite growth books. Oh, thank you. Yes, you're very kind. So here they are in a quick, in quick succession. There's I can't, I shouldn't, I don't know, and I don't want to. <laughs> I can't is like the inner bully who tells you that you can't and you suck and you're just not as cool as everybody else. I shouldn't, Hilda, kind of beat you up from the outside in and she makes you obsessed about what everybody else is going to think about you. I don't know, Hilda, is the really indecisive one, that's her name, who tries to keep <laughs> you from crossing a starting line like nobody's business. And then I don't want to, Hilda, she starts stuff all day long, but she keeps you from finishing anything by distracting you with shiny objects. Yeah, she does. <laughs> Jenna doesn't know anything about that at Nothing. all. <laughs> 
Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) So I was writing the first book. I wanted it to be about telling everybody about these four Hildas so they could see themselves in it and start to see how the different ones show up for different life compartments, all of this. I put it out into the world. I refocused my entire coaching practice around it and made my signature coaching program about Hilda. Everything is Hilda now. And so three years in, I started getting itchy to do some more writing and immediately perfectionism Jenny here was like, let's go do a second edition of the book and we'll make it better. Mm. And I spent, Jenna, I spent four or five months mapping out different ways I was going to improve my first book. And turned my first book into a second edition and a third edition. And it took a really incredibly powerful friend who wasn't afraid of me, who said (laughs) really directly, (laughs) oh my gosh, right, we all need them, uh, who she she even said it. She goes, I'm Coach Jennying you. (laughs) And she said, you, uh, why are you perfecting the first book when everything you're telling me about this is a whole second book? (laughs) <laughs> Bam. I know it kind of, it kind of stung. And, and then, you know, she said, you need to quit hiding behind your coaching exercises. Your thought leadership is enough. Wow. Let's say that one more time for the audience. Cause that's yeah. huge. It hurt. Yeah. She said, you need to quit hiding behind your coaching exercises. Your thought leadership is enough. Isn't that amazing? And I think that that's something a lot of us do, right? We, it's, it's almost like resting on your laurels, but in a productive way. Exactly. And, and so I had built something. I had proven that it worked. I wanted to make it better. And I was just going to make it stronger and uh, so that I could re-release it. But in doing that, what I was doing is, I don't know, I guess trying to find new people to fall in love with Hilda instead of figuring out how do I support and teach the next thing I have to say to this audience that I've built over the last 14 years. Right. Because people that don't know about Hilda are going to find Hilda. Right. And they might find Hilda because you write this next brilliant thing. Well, and the next book's still on Hilda. It's just deepening um, what I've learned about her and taking it to the next level. And so the realization was that the first book, what I did was basically created a lexicon and introduced the world to Hilda. So it's kind of like a meet Hilda. This is who she is. Mm-hmm. And the next book is the Ted talk. The next book is the movement of how we I shut down that. Hilda. Right. Exactly. <laughs> but I was terrified. And, and in this, in this wonderful conversation with my friend, her name is Megan, by the way, I got to give a shout out to Megan. She's going to love this episode. Hi, Megan. Thank you so much. <laughs> Um, in that conversation, you know, I was defensive at first. I was like, yeah, she doesn't get what I'm trying to do. And then I was like, be open-minded, but resistant. Like, okay, I'll listen, but I'm not doing anything she's saying, you know? And it was like this totally. I could hear her. It was almost like the stages of Hilda going through me, trying desperately to just trust this amazing friend and former client who knows my work inside and out. She's the designer of the cover of my book. She oh my God, it's brilliant. Absolutely knew how to push me. And it took me days after I got off the phone to really realize she was right. And then Jenna, something clicked because after that I was like, well then, okay, that's the second book. What will the third book be? And then I want to write a fourth book. And suddenly I have like a list of books. And yes. I thinking, my, thinking of myself as somebody who's going to write the second, third, and fourth edition of the same thing because that's all I have to say. Mm-hmm. 
suddenly it's move over Brene Brown, I'm coming for you. <laughs> and it feels she will so open great. her arms to you and welcome you like no one else. I would like to think so. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if she follows her own teachings. <laughs> yeah, I would, yeah, I, I, I've never met her, but we're going to be besties. She just hasn't found out. She just yet. doesn't know that yet. <laughs> That's cool. That's cool, man. Brene, Coach Jenny's awesome. Totally be besties with her. I can hook you up. Reach you out. <laughs> I love that we're talking about it as if Brene Brown's going to listen to my podcast. You never know. You never know. You never know, right? It's exactly. so crazy. And isn't that the bottom line of all of this? It's like once you can push Hilda out of, like, go in the back seat, don't touch the radio. You never know what could happen when you put yourself out there. It's so true. But the thing that really is, is huge, and again, it's painful when somebody outside of you has to point it out um, as the expert <laughs> in Hilda, um, is that I, I say this all the time, Hilda hates company. Hilda hates Interesting. company. When it's just you and Hilda, she can be more effective at holding you back. But when you're surrounded by a community of people who speak Hilda, and can point out, I'm hearing Hilda, I'm not hearing your truth right now. Mm, then so Hilda powerful. gets called out onto the rug and you can deal with it. You know, my, a lot of my work I, that has been very successful, but I thought was all my work was, was teaching you individually how to figure out when Hilda's talking and when you're talking and how to differentiate her nonsense from your truth. That's just phase one. And phase right. two is being part of a community of people who can spot that Hilda and, and want to shut down all of the Hildas so that we can all, you know, I know it sounds kind of aggressively optimistic, but, um, <laughs> you know, so we can change the world. I've made, I've made the statement all the time. I'm, I'm on a mission to make Hilda a household name. I love that. So that people in each household can change the world. And that's the key. If I coach one person, I make a difference. But if Absolutely. they tell their family and friends about Hilda, then it makes a much bigger difference for each person individually and the collective. And so I 100% agree with that. I love that. I, am, I will be on that mission with you. Awesome. I, I yes. need everybody I can get because I know that when we out Hilda, and that hurts me as a gay person to say that, but whatever, when we out Hilda, um, then we can shut her down. And then that's when suddenly who knows what could happen next. So absolutely open up. Yeah. I mean, I say it all the time, hurt people, hurt other people. And basically what you're saying is like Hilda is that insecure hurt voice that we all have. I mean, we've all been hurt at some point or another, you know, some more than others, of course, but it's just that insecurity. And I feel like insecurity comes from fear and fear oftentimes comes from having been hurt in the past. Totally. And you know, one of the things I I like to make sure everybody understands is I am not on a mission, nor should you be to kill Hilda. I don't want to kill that voice in your head because that's not murderers, right? We're not murderers. (laughs) And I, that voice in our head has a purpose, right? What we're on a mission to do is shorten the amount of time that we obey Hilda, that we Mm. follow what she's trying to get us to do. That's the key. She's almost like that one neighbor who likes to come over and have coffee and you're like, Mrs. Kravitz, uh, I don't want to have coffee with you, but like recognizing that they're going to come over and you have to come up with ways to shorten the visit. Exactly. I love that. I love that so much. And 
I just can't believe how much, how quickly this conversation has gone. I know so, it's almost over. <laughs> of course, because we have fun talking. It's so much fun. So if you could have given yourself one piece of advice, uh, or actually let's switch it around. If you could give the audience one piece of advice, what would it be? Yeah, it, it really is. That conversation with Megan has reminded me that it's time to stop going it alone. You know, like I said before, Hilda hates company. So find people who get you. Um, Most of the people I work with are so ambitious that they're the most ambitious person they know in their personal circle of friends and family. Mm -hmm. And it's difficult to, uh, to push yourself when everybody else is pretty happy with the status quo and living by default. So find the people that get you, um, whether that's hiring a coach or um, joining a mastermind or just finding an internet uh, ambitious buddy, um, find those people and help each other. I love it. I love that so much. Um, And then like one thing I would say though is you really have to look for your actual people because there are a lot of times that I've noticed, you know, groups on Facebook, for example, that'll be like, the title looks like something I'm really going to enjoy, but then the process within the group isn't what I, what I need. Uh, yeah. Well, in a lot of, you know, I've, I've had free Facebook groups that I've run for a long time too, because it's a good marketing strategy for life coaches and personal development people. I did Absolutely. it for a long time. Um, but my paid group, right? Where you're opting in and you're part of it um, is a completely different animal because your, your participation there, the, the money part's out of the way. Mm-hmm. And now we're all on this shared um, plan. Right? We're not that. all like-minded necessarily, but all those free Facebook groups that you're a part of, like we had to sell, right? Like you're being sold sure. to most of the time. And there's always somebody holding back on um, what they can share with you and how they can push you. And so if you're joining a bunch of free groups and feeling like, oh, I'm not finding it, I'm not saying you have to spend money. I don't want you to hear me that way. But that would be part of the reason. It is, sure. it is a place for the uh, leader, guru to, to sell from. Finding uh, your people though does take trial and effort. The other thing is you're gonna outgrow people quickly if you're really pushing. So you need mm. to always be on the lookout for the person who's gonna be there for the next level, next phase of you. Yeah, I love that. And what, um, what's a resource that you can share with us? You know, one of my uh, favorite books that I, I feel like it's underappreciated in our world is a book called Essentialism. It's oh, really- I love that book. Sorry. Do you? Oh, no, not at all. I'm so one glad of my you favorites. Did. It's one of my favorites too. Uh, Greg McCune wrote it. I hope I'm saying his name correctly. And um, the subtitle is something like The Disciplined Pursuit of Less. However, I feel like it should have been the disciplined pursuit of less, but better because he says that throughout the book Mm. and, um, it's not just minimalism. It's more uh, minimalism for the non stuff parts of your life, like for your time and your energy and your relationships. And, um, Oh, I just love it. I I know it's required reading for any ambitious human. I agree. And I, I would add, it's like minimalism with a productive reason. Yeah. It's not like just eliminating all your furniture because you're overwhelmed. It's like all in your head. And I freaking, I love it so much. Yeah. That book changed my life. I read it when I was living in New York city and now I live in Los Angeles. And a big part of the reason is that book, because one of the things I realized was essential was that I'm a morning person 
And I worked with a lot of East Coast people who had day jobs and I was coaching at, uh-huh. at night. I was like, if I move across the coast, it'll be four o'clock. Perfect. And, and <laughs> um, like that's extreme essentialism, but that's how I roll, you know? And so really getting essential about the choices that you're going to make. He talks about it far better than I can pick it up. Absolutely. I love that. And can you leave us with a quote other than not today, Hilda, not today. (laughs) Yes. And, you know, I have scoured the internet to figure out who wrote this um, first, and I do not know who wrote this. So it's an unknown quote, but it's my favorite. You didn't come this far to only come this far. Wow. It hits you in the feels, doesn't it? It does. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Okay. Well, thank you so much for everything, especially that last quote. That was amazing. Um, and everybody listening, I'm going to put all of Coach Jenny's resources on the show page at aggressiveoptimism.com. So check that out, please, because she's so much fun and also super productive. And thank you so much for being on the show. I really, really appreciate it. This was a blast. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And thank you to all of you who have been listening. I am Jenna Edwards. You've been listening to the Aggressive Optimism Podcast. And remember, you guys, if you dream it, it's possible. I will talk to you tomorrow. Until then, have a great day. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. I really hope you'll join me next time. The Aggressive Optimism Podcast is made possible through affiliate programs. So if you'd like to support the podcast and get some really great products for yourself, head on over to the offerings page at aggressiveoptimism.com. And if you want a little more aggressive optimism in your life, please follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Jenna Edwards Life. I'll see you over there. Until then, have a good one.